And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Lorne Dan Hypertubes. When you need to get somewhere quickly, remember, our tubes suck. Previously on Cautious Optimism. There is a giant insect monster jumping out of the Jimmy Tube towards Kayun. Captain, there is a big bug-like thing here. Rory and Rico and Hoss arrive at the sensor room to see a bleeding and pretty messed up Kayun standing outside the closed door. They're called Zats, and they metabolize minerals, so that's why they like to eat things like power conduits. Do we have an issue of Italian Vogue on board? It's actually gone back to the energy conduits, and it's chewing on the conduit. Even over the hot son of a biscuit? It turns as the door opens to look at you, and you hit it right in the face. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous... Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. Unfortunately, Beach won't be here today because I don't know if we're allowed to play with all of the party members here at the same time <laughs> anymore. Um, but no, Beach has some stuff going on in real life and uh, has to be, go take care of that. So we miss you, Beach. We miss your slime boy. I don't know if I have enough saliva to make all the slurping noises you do, but uh, I'll be playing Hoss this week. And just like I did with Hank's character last week, I will take good care of him, and he <laughs> probably won't die. We open on a scene of the cautious optimism flying through space, and it is approaching a large blue-green planet, and underneath it, there's a subtitle that says, Lorna 3. You are finally arriving at your destination. There are a number of other spaceships flying around the planet and down to the surface and up from the surface and all over the place. And as you approach, Rory Shand is no doubt sitting in the pilot chair when the comm light starts beeping and you hear the message, uh, this is Lorna Control, please identify. This is the Cautious Optimism. We need clearance to land. Uh, very good. Which city 
landing port are you looking for? Uh, out of character, has Haas told me this yet? No. I imagine Haas is sitting right there just kind of staring absently into space. Well, then I stare at him absently until he says where we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. Um, Sorry, I was a little distracted. Um, we, uh, we need to go to, uh, yeah, down, we need to land on the, on the planet. Yep. But specifically where, Haas? Oh, yeah, Cousin Slorg told me, um, let me see, hold on here. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, we're going to the city Tulu. So, uh, coordinates for the Tulu spaceport, please. Your friend there sounds sounds like they might have a condition. That's a, way too much saliva in their mouth. You might want to have them checked out. I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> <laughs> You're cleared to land at uh, Docking Bay 7, uh, the Tulu spaceport. We're sending coordinates now. When you get within 100 meters, the uh, tractor beam system will take over and we'll bring you in for final touchdown. Thank you very much. And the comm system goes off. And let's have you make a piloting check to see uh, how well you do flying down to the planet's surface. <laughs> I rolled a 16, but I have a 16. Oh, well. Okay, success by zero? No, no, no. I have a 14. Sorry, I'm level 14. 16 was how much it cost. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so you failed your roll. <laughs> it would appear so. Awesome. After all of that good stuff last week, we now just crash the spaceship into the planet. <laughs> That's the end of the campaign. Brilliant. Uh, the end. This is what I get for having a spaceship that looks like banana bread. <laughs> That's kind of a perfect image of yeah. what it looks like, too. As you're flying down through the atmosphere, it starts getting really choppy, and you realize that the cautious optimism handles really poorly in an atmosphere. And as you're struggling to keep it under control, Slime Boy over there, part of his arm just kind of drips down into the console, the control console. And there's some sparks, you know, and you suddenly lose control of the cautious optimism and you start plummeting straight down for a moment. Aha, go be moist somewhere else. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Captain. Hank, from where you are in, in engineering, a little alarm goes off, indicating that the ship's control mechanism has gone offline. Uh, Hank reaching out to Captain Rory. What the hell's going on up there? So my foot slipped and we had we had some uh, some some moisture issues. I'm doing the best I can here. Rory, don't. No, no. Don't make me lean on that disadvantage right now. No, 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 no. Come on. Oh, boy. Oh, God. I just got that. Oh, boy. So, Rory, you're having some issues with moisture, eh? I might know a way we can deal with that. Well, it's it's Haas who has the moisture issues, so maybe you can do Oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. no. We're good. Um. I guess I need to um, make an engineering role to try to do some correcting in the poor piloting. Sounds good. Did not get my dice out, so I'll use the digital ones. 11. Should be a 12 in engineering. All right. Success by one. As the ship is plummeting faster and faster towards the uh, planet's surface, Rory suddenly 
the controls start responding to you again. And you're able to slow down the descent and just barely get it under control before the tractor beam grabs on and, and starts bringing you down for the final touchdown. I need to roll for embarrassment. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you role play that however you want. <laughs> I'm going to be in a bad mood. So. <laughs> As you land, your calm light comes on again. And uh, the same person you were talking to before you landed comes on and says, Cautious optimism? Or is everything okay? You, you came in a little hot. We've got it under control now. Thank you. All right. Well, I regret to inform you that your ship has been randomly selected for a uh, inspection. Uh-oh. And it probably has nothing to do with the way you came in to land. But, uh, yeah, there will be a security detail uh, at your ship here in a few minutes. Please do not disembark until they arrive. Understood. Over and out. So I yell out to the comms, uh, code hide everything. Code hide everything. We're gonna get infected. And Haas looks at you and says, Oh, um, that probably means the drugs, right? Yeah, anything that doesn't fit in secret <laughs> compartments now fits in you. Oh boy. <laughs> and he opens up his giant gaping maw and says, I'm ready. God. I'm so glad the comms are closed between engineering <laughs> and the deck right now. <laughs> I think the only illegal cargo you have is the uh, sample of Cherries of the Gods, right? That can go inside of uh, Haas Easy Peasy. And a few moments later, there is, in fact, a contingent of security people outside the ship. Now, I don't know that any of your characters would ever have seen a Lorndon in person. So you're even if you've heard of them, you're probably a little taken aback by their appearance. Lorndons have a spherical torso with no head. They have three mouths, three noses, three legs, and three arms, each equidistant apart. So they're in kind of a tripod configuration. You know, basically looks like they have three faces, each looking out in a different direction. Oh my god. Below each of their noses and above each mouth sits two eyes. Lorndons are five feet tall, or 1.5 meters tall. Their torso is about four feet in diameter, or 1.2 meters. Each leg is about a foot long, or 0.3 meters. And their arms reach three feet long when stretched outright. That's 0.9 meters. And... As they're approaching your ship, you notice that, well, one face, well, each of them has one face looking at the ship. The two faces looking off in different directions are kind of talking to each other. So one of them will be having two conversations with the people on either side of them while also looking directly towards your ship. And once they get right up next to you, one of them activates a little like walkie-talkie looking device in his hand and your comms comes on again and he says uh this is security charmot wis please uh open your open your doors and prepare to be inspected all right <laughs> we open doors is anybody going to meet them in the cargo area where they're coming on board oh i would assume yeah i'd assume we were we were all there Rico is fascinated. She has her pad out again. She's very excited to meet a new species that she can learn about. All right. <laughs> Which will, I'm sure, be very helpful. 
in the context of a security inspection. I imagine Hank would hear the commotion of everybody meeting up and just kind of wander out of the engineering bay and be like, whoa. <laughs> All right. Is Kyan there as well? Yeah, I think he's just kind of joining everybody else. So the security team comes on board. You can see each of them has... They're all wearing kind of robes, but they each have a holster with a laser pistol, you know, as well. And they also have little, I want to say tricorders. I don't want to steal that, you know, for copyright reasons, but everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say tricorders. They're hand scanners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, handheld scanning devices of my own creation. And they start walking around the ship and scanning everywhere. and. One of them walks up to Rory and says, I'm, I'm Charmut, uh, supervisor of this security squad. Uh, I take it you're the captain? I am, Captain Rory Shand. How can we assist you in this inspection? You want to tell me about that approach? My foot slipped and some, some goo got on the console. And Hank giggles. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, looks over at Haas and says, is this a member of your crew? It is. Uh, this is, is our, our resident uh, tech guy. Oh, I've, never, I've never seen his species before. Uh, hello there. And Haas just looks off in the distance and makes a gurgling noise. Uh, is, is he sentient? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's touch and go. Hmm. All right. Well, we're just going to do a basic inspection. You don't have anything to worry about as long as you're not doing anything illegal. We just want to make sure everything's on the up and up. Now, uh, while my men scan your ship, I need to take scans of each uh, of you and each of your, your crew uh, just to make sure nobody is uh, intoxicated or anything like that because... When you are in our sector, and especially when you're landing, it is illegal to be intoxicated. So go ahead and start scanning you. I assume that's okay. Well, just could you explain the scan? Some of us have uh, religious, special religious objections to being scanned too intrusively. I mean, if it's a blood sample you you need or like maybe a, some sort of like breath moisture to, to register, I think that would be fine for everybody. But some of us... I say loudly. Some of, I don't have a problem with it, but some of us will have a religious objection to being scanned fully. It's something to do about like taking the soul away or so. I don't know. It's I mean, I, I lean over. It's a little bit ridiculous to me, but you know, you got to respect everybody's beliefs nowadays. Uh, he, he holds up another hand scanner and says, uh, I won't need any, any bodily fluids or anything. We just scan you with this little handheld device here and, it does everything it's completely painless, I assure you, and it doesn't steal anybody's soul. Well, like I said, I'm fine with it. But some other people in the crew may think differently. Why don't you scan me first so they can see it and see if it meets with their religious specifications? All right. And he starts scanning you, you know, running the device up and down, and it makes little beepy boopy noises. As he's doing that, Haas kind of comes up to Rico and tries to whisper, but he's still kind of loud. Who's who's religious? <laughs> well, you are. I am. 
Have you forgotten again? I think you're confused. Oh, what's my religion? Oh, dear. Uh, and she's going to sort of look slightly wildly at the captain in a like, I, I don't really know what to do here. Uh, <laughs> like, Has he forgotten again? Could you remind him that he is a member of the sacred temple of uh, we don't show our insides to people? They have a word for it. I can never pronounce it because there's a lot of saliva involved. and <laughs> It's very difficult for us to speak their language. Oh, oh, I, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to upset um, the don't show our insides to anybody gods. Right. But you know the real term for it because it's yeah. your religion. Remember? Yeah. Do you? Are you are you feeling are you feeling unwell, Hoss? Do we need to take you to sick? But I think we might need to take him to the med bay. I think that's a good idea, and there are four arms kind of <laughs> shushing him towards where we have set up sick bay. And I, I think this is set up real well for Hank to just step in. And can we tell a the sexuality of these beings? <laughs> oh no! And b whether they would be found attractive by <laughs> Ah, I mean, they don't have any obvious physical indicators uh, that you can see that, you know, they're wearing robes, so who knows what's going on underneath, but uh, they all look a lot, I mean, they all look kind of like Humpty Dumpty, so (laughs) I suppose, I, I don't think you have enough understanding of their people. I think there's another tactic to employ here. Seeing the confusion, seeing everybody kind of getting, you know, everybody's attention is got to be on Hoss at this point. Hank's just going to step in all flamboyant and everything and just go, hey, hey, guys, you can scan me anyway, anyhow, especially you guy. Wink. And the one the one you wink at looks at you and says, uh, thank, thank you for your cooperation. We will scan you, of course. Uh, here you can you can go next. I think we're done with the captain. Uh, so we'll go ahead and give you a scan. Ooh, that tickles. Rico rolls her eyes really fucking hard. <laughs> I'm gonna kind of look at Rico like I'm doing what I can here, you know. As they scan you, the person holding the little hand scanner says, "Oh, it looks like uh, you've haven't fully healed from some kind of laceration across your chest. Are are you doing okay?" A dark look passes over Hank's face as he he's remembering just this this bug creature just attacking him and trying to eviscerate him, and he he just kind of jumps back and ah, oh, sorry man, uh, flashbacks are horrible. I yeah, there was there was there was a there was a bug. They say they took care of it, but I still see it every time I close my eyes. Oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, was it a zat? Yes, yes, it was. And he just visibly shudders. We've had a lot of problems with sats lately. It seems like they're on more and more ships. But you say it is dead, right? We don't want it infesting the planet. Oh, the the captain took care of it. No worries. Okay. All right. Very good. Who's next? Kyan, after moving Haas into sick bay with the forearms, is going to let himself be scanned. But I would also like to make a medic check to see if I can tell from the scanner and the results if it's something that's going to detect anything inside of Haas. Nice. Good job. All right. Go ahead and make a roll. An 11 and my 
medic skill is 14. So success by three. Success by three. Okay. You recognize exactly what the hand scanner device is. It's not one you've ever been able to use because they are top of the line, you know, super advanced technology, super expensive. And you would love to have one. They get everything. They show you the person's cholesterol level. It scans their cells to determine their age and if their DNA is, you know, okay or everything it does. It it would definitely detect whatever is inside. I mean, I guess you don't really understand perfectly well how Slimezoa's physiology works. But yeah, you would you would have to assume it would totally find the drugs. Because we had most of it in the storage base. So, like, how much of it is actually in us? Well, I imagine you could have all of it in him if you wanted to. Because this isn't a full-on shipment. This was just a sample of the merchandise to see if the buyer would be interested in getting a full-on shipment. Okay, because the stuff that was in the cargo bay was the stuff that we've already delivered. Yes, sir. Right. You dropped that off at the station. Gotcha. All right. Okay, so I'm going to kind of like make a head-shaking movement, making eye contact with Rory. <laughs> like, nope, this is not this is not good. So when I see Kyan do that, I say, when you were gathering up Haas, he didn't break apart, did he? That thing he does where sometimes he splits in half. Are you saying this to me to the side? Or no, are I'm you... saying it to you just as in casual conversation, like exasperatedly about how difficult it is to be to travel around with Haas. Uh, no, he didn't. Because that would be terrible if he did that. It would. I think I will go check just make and sure. see. Yes. That he yes, I will make sure. Split apart. So Kyan goes and encourages Haas to split himself apart and hide half of his, the half with, with the, the stuff. Yep. Good job. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good idea. Oh, well, golly gee willikers. That's what I'll do. I mean, there's got to be a drain in that room or something. <laughs> right before your eyes, he splits into two and then they both kind of look at each other and the one says, do you, do you have the the stuff? And the one and the other one opens his gaping maw and looks inside. No, you must have it. And the first one opens up. And says, I have it. I have the stuff. So I should hide. And he, uh, I guess he, he could just open all like a a drawer, right? Or like a closet or something, and just pour himself into it. He can hide in a punch bowl. They won't know. There you go. And then the clean one says uh should i go out there now probably a good idea okay well if i had my druthers i'd just take the drugs then there's no evidence (laughs) but as he says that he is walking with you back to the uh the cargo bay and i imagine as you arrive they're probably on to scanning rico i think rico is the only one left except for haas yeah, I imagine so. Um, and she's asking lots of questions about his scanner and very excited to see such a high value model that's very difficult to get in other parts of the universe and generally kind of geeking out over the the tech and also trying to surreptitiously sort of understand their physiology a bit better. And, you know, it's generally being a nuisance. <laughs> I imagine as you're talking like that, the person scanning you is just doing a lot of, uh-huh, uh-huh, please hold still, please, yeah. please hold still. <laughs> to get an accurate scan and you come in with Haas and as he wraps up scanning Rico he says you have a 
You have a very diverse crew. We pride ourselves on it. So is it okay with your religion to scan you? Because if there is a religious dispute, you can't stay on the planet's surface if we can't scan you. Oh, okay. Boy, howdy. I'm ready. Let's get this party started. (laughs) And he goes ahead and scans and scans and says, oh my gosh, I have never seen anyone with this kind of physiology. Wow. Anyway, you've all come up clean, and uh, my crew reports they don't find any violations on board your ship, so uh, we'll be going now. Welcome to Lorne Three. Thank you very much. And as they're departing, Haw says, Captain, the other part of me is in, is in the closet. Oh, God. They didn't hear that, did they? No, they didn't. Okay. They didn't respond. They kept walking off, and they've left now. Okay. Well, so, Haas, why don't you go reconvene with yourself? Uh, you know, I've been feeling pretty bad since I got electrocuted holding the power conduit together. Do you remember that, Captain? The time that I had to hold that power conduit together? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Also, I keep shooting myself, and i that's not helping either. Anyway, I'll go get the other part of me. Good talk, Oz. Good talk. Ah, you gotta love Haas. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Cautious Optimism. We're going to jump right into letting you know about everything the cast is up to this week, and there's a lot of it. If you're enjoying our actual play and want to listen to more actual play content, check out all the things happening on Bamashock's stream, King of the Heel. The first episode of Curse of Strahd went live this past Thursday and features guest DM Rockman. Sunday, the channel will be hosting Storytime in Eberron at 6 p.m. Central and will culminate in a homebrew adventure set on the continent of Corvair. And of course, you can still check out Rime of the Frostmaiden on Saturdays and Dungeon of the Mad Mage on Wednesdays. You can find all of this and more on twitch.tv forward slash Bamashocks. If you're thinking of running your own D&D campaign, check out some original content by our very own Biche. You can check out his content at dmsguild.com. Just search for his name, BJ Keaton, to check out his material, including his newest publication, The Dragon Tower of Candle Keep. You can also listen to him on the geek to geek podcast, as well as the Dragon Quest FM podcast. This month's geek to geek magazine is all about tabletop gaming, and you can get that by becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can join the Patreon at geek2geekmedia.com forward slash patron and check out our wonderful geek to geek magazine. Episode 121 of Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, Accusations and Predictions, Winging It with Roger, dropped this past Monday. Make sure to support Kelly and her Patreon. You can, of course, catch Raven on her podcast, Girls Gone Wow, and Todd on his show, The Nerdberg Review. And finally, Justine Mastin and Larissa Garski are back on this week's episode of Geektitude. We'll be discussing their book, Starship Therapies, and I'll be asking them about the psychology behind Wanda in WandaVision. And the following week, Geektitude hits episode 200. So if you're here because you listen to my show, send us some questions for us to answer. Tell us about your favorite Geektitude moments and tell us about your favorite Geektitude episodes and send all your well wishes as we look back at 200 episodes exploring the geek in all of us. As always, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can chat with us on our dedicated As the Dice Roll channel on geek to geek Slack. Let us know how we're doing and what you think of our newest campaign, What Is Not. Episode 3 of that campaign dropped on Tuesday. We'd love to hear what you think. Of course, you can still email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Or better yet, you can leave us a voicemail. Just click on the link on our website, asthedicerollcast.com. Or you can check out our Twitter at asthedicerollrp or our Instagram at asthedicerole. That's it for me for this week. Let's see what the crew of the Cautious Optimism gets into next, right after a quick commercial break. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geek mediacom If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. I'll go get the other part of me. Good talk, Oz. Good talk. And off he goes. He returns a few minutes later, slightly larger than before. And he says, all right. Well, uh, my cousin Slorg said we're supposed to meet somebody named Tribus Oss about the drugs. What sort of creature is Tribus Oss? He's a Lorda. He's a, he's one of those Lorndon fellas. Okay. Well, then I suggest we all, you know, pack our satchels, grab a, a granola bar, and go. Let's let's head out. As you leave the hangar and get out of kind of the spaceport area, which just looks like a super sci-fi airport, the city of Lorda is very technologically advanced, and it's a very large city with lots of really tall buildings. You know, so kind of imagine like uh, New York or london or something you know like a big capital city kind of thing and there's lorndon's running around all over the place and one of the things you notice about them is when they're in a hurry they roll themselves up into a ball and literally roll down the street (laughs) like 20 miles per hour there's also lots of little lots of hyper tubes where people just go in the tube and get you know sucked up by vacuum or magic or whatever <laughs> and just like in Futurama right and zip off to wherever it is they're going 
And as you look around, you notice there's really only Lorndons. You don't see any other humans or really any other species anywhere. Hmm. I turn to Hank. Hank, is there anything that we need to be keeping an eye out for as far as the ship is concerned, like parts, or are we pretty good for right now? I, I don't know. Did we fix the power conduit last week when I wasn't here, or is that still a thing? I mean, you kind of jury-rigged it, but yeah, getting a proper power conduit would be great. Okay. You might also consider getting components for the uh, control mechanism on the bridge that got dripped on. So, Captain, yeah, we probably should get some replacement power conduit oh, with the bug done toe up, and uh, we're going to need to replace that module that Haas dripped into. Ugh. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out. We should be getting the discount now anyway. All right. So you've got a great big city here. What do you want to do? Well, what does everybody else want to do other than our mission? Well, I think the mission would probably be the good thing to start with, and then maybe that'll lead to other stuff down the road. Yeah. The, the, the Tribus, Tribus Os? Tribo Os? What's the name? Yeah. Tribus Os. Uh, seems to be a sensible place to start. All right. Well, let's head, let's head that direction then. Do we know where in the city he is? I assume Haas would know. Does he not know? Well, if you ask Haas where to go, he uh, looks around and says, I don't know. I've never been here before. Oh, well, good Lord. <laughs> so what do we know about Tribus Haas? I mean, Tribus Haas. Haas. <laughs> do, we, do we have like a contact number for this guy? Or can we ring him? <laughs> Old style pager number? Or like WhatsApp him or something? <laughs> can we friend him on Facebook and send a message? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys don't have any information on him you could try to search him you know in the public directory on their version of the internet or you could pepper Haas with more questions um it's up to you Haas do you know what this Tribus Haas does for a living or why we're meeting him is he like a big crime syndicate overlord or does he like work in a shop like what yeah yeah he's uh he's in the mob so we probably shouldn't google him then <laughs> people be suspicious of our search history yeah <laughs> so where does a three-faced space mobster hang out if i were a lorndon mobster if i were a lorndon mobster i'd probably hang out in a cd club we're going to the strip club oh yeah yeah it's got like a dodgy district of the city. Yeah, there is. Uh, the city's kind of divided up into three sections. There's a residential section, a commercial section, and the industrial section. And where the industrial section meets the residential section is uh, a really rundown, poor area that uh, seems to attract a lot of seedy types. You get that from the you know local tourist map. All right. So I guess we hear there. Do you want to take one of the uh, hyper tubes? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I guess so. All right. So I'm imagining that uh, Hank want, wanted to go first because he sounded really excited about that. Oh, absolutely. All right. As you step into one of the hyper tubes, you feel an incredible amount of suction. And it suddenly occurs to you that the tubes are really designed for the Lorndon people. And so. You're not quite wide enough to really create the kind of suction that's expecting, but you do start 
lifting up into the air. And at a certain point, you realize that you're going slower than everyone else. And there's a Lorndon coming up behind you going faster than you who rams into your feet and he starts shouting what you assume are expletives and he kind of pushes you along the rest of the way. (laughs) And the tubes are clear, so everyone else witnessed that as Hank zips off. Fascinating. I think we're not wide enough for these tubes. I think I might be. (laughs) I think I might be able to take care of this. See how Kyan does. You think you probably could, yeah. Are you going to try it? Let's see. There's, what, three more people? I could just be behind them, and I can kind of create, I guess, the, the bulk that we need. <laughs> I mean, I guess Hoss can make himself round enough somehow. Yeah. That'd be- oh, yeah. Golly, this looks like a lot of fun. Captain, maybe you and I should sort of stick together. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe if we send, like, Hoss up first, and then the captain and I in the middle, and then, um, and then Kai, how how are we supposed to pronounce your name? It is Kyan. Kyan, at the, uh, at the back, to, like, shivvy us along. I think Rico and I, we should, like, hug each other, and then, yeah, it's still all three (laughs) buffers on either side. (laughs) That's too bad Hank is missing this. Oh, yeah, you have no idea. (laughs) Where do they pop out on the other side? (laughs) So Ahas goes in first, and uh, he spreads himself out to perfectly fit the uh, the tube, and he does get sucked up at about the same speed as the uh, Lorndons do, so that seems to be working great. Rory and Rico are going in together, and they get slowly lifted up in the air, and then Kyan is going in right afterwards, right? So you kind of right. become the one pushing yeah. them along. Exactly. So that all seems to be working. As you're zipping through the tubes, little bits of Slime Boy spray kind of land oh. land on you. <laughs> nice. And you're getting a lot of really strange looks from the other Lorndons, you know, on the street as they're watching this clog of aliens sip through their little tubes. Other than that, it's a fairly comfortable ride. Good temperature, no wind in your face like you might have expected, and you do end up popping out at your destination pretty quickly. And you find yourself in a pretty rundown area. This is the first part of the city. Like, the rest of the city was shiny and new and really technologically fancy. This one looks a little bit older. The buildings are, you know, the paint is chipped and there's cracks in the walls and and everything just doesn't quite look as good. The streets are kind of grimy and there's some street vendors. Lorinda's selling weird foods you've never seen before, mostly on sticks. They're being cooked over some kind of plasma fire. Hank got there before you guys, so he's probably just sitting there waiting for you as uh, you all pop out. Ugh. I, I prefer just regular taxis. Yeah, Rico's picking bits of slime off her fur really disdainfully. She looks super pissed off. <laughs> hey, can I get a hug? <laughs> Kyan gives him a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, you oaf. <laughs> but thank you. 
I'm wounded inside and I needed some attention. Thank you. <laughs> All right. About this time, Rico's communicator starts to beep like you're, you're getting a, a phone call. Hello. Hello. This is Restat Quas. I am one of the local London scientists, and I was given your number by Spaceport Security. They said that uh, you had had trouble with a, a ZAT on, on your ship. Ah, yes. Yes, we did. We dispatched it quite thoroughly. I was curious, do you still have the body? Because I've been trying to study them, and it's almost impossible to get a live specimen. But if you still have the body, I'd, I'd love to, to get my hands on that for study. Ah, yes. A scientist, of course. Um, I don't rightly remember. Let me just check with the captain. Um, captain, I have a scientist on the phone. He wants to know if, uh, if we kept that dead bug. I don't remember. Did we keep it? We didn't do anything with it, did we? I believe you did. I mean, we didn't keep it. I just don't think we threw it away. <laughs> I'm guessing between Kyan and Rico, we have been dissecting it and analyzing it and looking at it, all sorts of fun stuff with it. Okay. Well, then, then there's your answer. Uh, yeah. Yes, we do, still have, uh, we do still have the body. Would you like to come and look at it? I would appreciate it very much. Would you be able to bring it to my laboratory? And you're uh, welcome to stay and, and assist with the uh, with the research if you like. Would be very exciting. Yes, of course we can. Do um do you, do you have your address? Maybe a map of the city. We're a little bit lost. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll transmit the uh, coordinates to your space cell phone, and uh, it can it can show you the way. Perfect. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll get on that. It'll probably take us a little while because we're away from the ship at the moment. Oh, very good, very good. Well, I look forward to uh, to meeting you and uh, to seeing your your specimen. Of course, thank you. Beep beep boop. <laughs> she puts the phone away. It's always nice to meet another scientist, and that won't possibly go wrong at all. That'd be great. All right, so we're headed toward the seedy part of, of town. And you do see a variety of uh, seedy-looking pubs, bars, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, we could always just go talk to a bartender. As you enter the closest bar that you can see, you find, let's see, it is early afternoon on Lorinda 3. And it's already pretty full. And a lot of the people here are not wearing the kind of robes that you saw earlier with the security people and the civilians on the street and everything. People here are wearing disturbingly tight spandex outfits, pretty much from the top of their roly-poly head to the bottom of their feet. <laughs> and each of them has like three circles cut out for their three different faces. They're in a variety of different colors. Uh, that would almost be pretty, except that it shows all the contours of these oddly shaped alien bodies that may or may not be disturbing to you. And as you uh, as you walk in, you also see they are literally drinking three glasses of some kind of alcohol, you would assume, at once. Like each of three arms is holding three glasses and pouring it into each of three mouths at the same time. And it almost appears like they're doing it in synchronicity, not just with themselves, but everyone in the bar raises all of their glasses and takes a drink all at exactly the same time. And then they all put it back down. And as you walk in, a lot of people's faces start eyeing you over. I wave to the room. Nobody responds. 
All right, well, I walk up to the bar. All right, a person behind the bar says, you're new. Yes. What kind of deal do you have? <laughs> I see everyone's drinking at least three drinks. If our faces aren't connected, can we get three drinks at the same price? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can We can handle monos like you. Ouch. <laughs> I'm totally fine with being being described as only having one face. I would like to walk up behind her, you know, you know, with, with with the way you and Rico were hugging earlier. I could slide in the middle and we could share three drinks at the same time, you know, it'd be oh cool. <laughs> Rico slaps him. <laughs> and I, I give him a look of what did you expect? <laughs> She's gonna smack you every time. <laughs> I'm gonna hold my cheek and smile. She pointedly steps away from you, steps like around you and goes and stands on the other side of the captain. So if you guys are done assaulting each other, would you like a round of ales? Sure. All right. This one will be on me. I'll I'll pick up the tab for this one. Okay. That's only going to cost you uh, two lopsies to give everyone a single ale. Mm-hmm. And he takes out two sets of three glasses each, all filled up. And he counts you, and then he takes one of the glasses away. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can I have that one? Like, I can do two. I got two hands. Well, you've only got one mouth. (laughs) (laughs) How are you going to drink two ales with only one mouth? And he breaks out his party funnel. (laughs) (laughs) You monos are so weird. (laughs) He puts the sixth one back. Go for it. Oh, great. I don't actually have a party funnel. I was bluffing. <laughs> Fine. You, you, you could probably just take the two glasses. Yeah. And I took as an advantage alcohol tolerance. So I can certainly take two, the two glasses. <laughs> <laughs> ah, in a situation where your some of your skills can really come in handy then. That's right. So you guys find yourself a table, and are you actually going to drink the uh, alien alcohol? Of course. I mean, okay. yeah, if it doesn't smell terrible. Okay. It's very strong, but it doesn't taste any worse than, you know, Jägermeister or some of the other alcohols <laughs> you may have had in your life. <laughs> I love Jägermeister. All right. So as we're looking around, are there any groups that look like they're in a private area? Or any groups that are sitting around that other people are giving a wide berth to? Make a perception roll. Okay, good. I made it by five. Success by five. Okay, well, it's pretty obvious to you then. There's a table in the corner with four Lorndons sitting around it. And three of them seem to be playing a game of cards. And the fourth one is sitting, is just sitting there not really watching them, kind of watching the room, who's smoking three cigars at once and kind of observing the room. And people keep coming up to them and having little conversations and then running off. So he seems to be in charge or he's a contact or something important. Next time on Cautious Optimism. Just call me the boss. What's your business with Tribus? Uh, He's a member of my crew. So if you have business with him, you have business with me. There's a huge amount of brain activity. Like, as you're watching it, it's increasing. Kyan is shot in the chest. There's a lot of blood kind of gushing out of there. It looks super bad. 
You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at Geek2GeekMedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com.